Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we've had an incredible morning, our first uh, morning of four services. Actually, years ago, we did four services um, before we expanded this building. And uh, so we've moved to the four. It's been wonderful. Eight o'clock service. We had incredible amount of people, and they were up and Adam and energetic. Last service was very, very full, and then this service as well. Thank you uh, for making room. Um, uh, we were told recently by a, a well-informed consultant that what we needed to do is to make space, uh, make more room for folks because we've got people coming, people in need, people hurting. We believe that Jesus is the answer. We believe that everybody needs to be a part of the family of God. And so, um, you know, just making more room. We were told by a consultant that to add on 100 seats, when you consider all the infrastructure, children's areas, hallways, parking, everything else that would go with 100 seats, cost about a million dollars per 100 seats. And so first service today saved us six, seven million dollars, you know, because we were able to move them down. So I think that's a, a, a good move. So thank you, everyone. It's, it's gone so smooth. And uh, this is the third one. I'm going to be working on conserving energy a little bit. And so, um, you know, I won't be uh, doing everything, every service so that I can focus in on, on uh, ministering the word, which is, um, I believe, my main task. And, uh, and I'd also like to sing a solo for you this morning. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, and, and something, we changed seating just a little bit, but for years I've been preaching to an empty aisle right here. And so I thought, can we get a center section? So now I've got a center section. So good morning, center section. And uh, we're glad that you guys are here. Well, it's, uh, next week I'm going to start a brand new series called Roots. And we're going to be talking about values, your core values. Do you have them for your family, for your business, for your life? The importance of those. And even going to help you to kind of boil down and find and determine those for yourself. Uh, off the chart important. So make sure that you're with us uh, next week. Today we're going to finish up our series on Fixer Upper, and we're talking about the soul. Uh, let's go ahead and look in Third John this morning. Third John. John writes, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your, come on, with your soul. That, this whole series is about your soul. When uh, my family kind of came up in church, uh, we were a little late, but we got there. But as we started to come up in church and then all my years of ministry, I just do not think that there's been enough attention paid to the soul. Remember that you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. But understanding how the soul works helps you to understand kind of how you process things and how you make decisions and priorities and and the direction of your life. I believe that you get three votes on everything. Everything that you decide to do or not do or how you do it, you have three votes. Your spirit, your soul, your body. Your spirit's always going to vote as a believer. is going to vote in, in the line with what God would want. Your body usually wants to do the opposite thing. And the tiebreaker is your soul. And so in the soul, that's where you think. That's where you feel. That's where you decide. And so it's a very, very important, critical part of you because it is the tiebreaker. And it has so much to do with, with the direction and quality of, of your life. So 
things need to go well with your soul. You can have a good journey in life. Things will go well with you on the outside as things go well with you on the inside. And certainly the inverse of that is true. If you live life, you're going to experience crisis. It's just reality. And really by definition, um, all of us face crisis. Even a, a young married couple and they have a baby, guess what they just had also? A crisis. You know, because life changed. So many things get get changed. And so crisis is not always a, a negative connotation, but this is the way we live life. Crisis and process. Crisis and process. The more healthy your soul is, the better you will be able to process life as it happens to you. But as life happens, there's a lot of wear and tear that goes on in the soul. Uh, there can even be damage that takes place. Fatigue could take place. Disappointment, all of those things you're feeling actually in your soul. Speaking of soul fatigue, I'm praying, and you can pray too for our, our uh, pastoral care department. You know, not only did all the staff and dream team work so hard this week, pastoral care had it overtime. Seven funerals uh, in, in this week. I did a funeral yesterday for a brave young teenage boy, and um, that takes a toll. You know, there's a fatigue that you feel, and we need God to restore our souls, and we need to be wise about how we manage our, our souls. You have to pay attention to your soul. Pay attention to it. You know, realize that I, I kind of have within myself kind of some, some uh, parameters of where my peace should be, where my joy should be, my clarity, my confidence. If those things are off on the inside, check up on the inside. Don't just assume, well, I'm just off, I'm just sad, I'm just confused, I'm just grumpy. You know, you, you need to pay attention and kind of ask yourself, monitor your soul. What's going on with me? You know, what's, why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking this way? Why am I leaning that way? Why, why am I acting this way? You need to monitor your soul because your soul needs care. Your soul needs maintenance. Your soul needs repair. It needs protection, and it needs restoration. And uh, only the Lord can bring the restoration, but we have a lot to do with the rest of that. As you monitor your soul, also let me caution you, let me warn you uh, to avoid all soul-draining nouns. You say, what are you talking about? Well, what's a noun? Person, place, or thing. How many of you know there's some soul-draining people? <laughs> you need to avoid that and places and things. The other day I had to go to the mall. I haven't been in the mall in a good while. And I, I was on a mission. There's something I had to get, and somebody told me where to get it. So I, was on, I went to the mall. Alicia and I went. And uh, let me just say this, and parents, listen to me. It's not all sweet and dandy and safe and everything to just drop your little preteens and your teens off at the mall and let them just hang out. I just want to tell you, I don't want to ruin anybody's fun. I want to save your future. Well, we went into a store. Don't ask me which one from the platform. I'll tell you later, though. But um, went into a store, and it was soul-draining. It was soul-draining. The very atmosphere of it, the music of it, the posters and shirts and different things were in there. I mean, it was shocking, shocking stuff. I mean, shocking. And I'm, I'm part pirate. And I was shocked. Alicia said, I, I can't stay in here. I can't stay in here. And she said, I'm going to go out in the middle of the mall. And I went out there and she had like four big pretzels she was eating. And then, <laughs> bless you. 
But it was just, you know, you need to monitor that. What are you watching? What are you listening to? The other day, I, I pulled up to a gas station. I was getting, getting gas at a gas station. And the guy pulled up next to me, and he just left his music on. And it was so draining. And the guy just looked, you know, and I thought, dude, change the channel, man. I can help you. I can be your friend. But be careful with these things. No wonder our, our, our society, our culture has such sadness and depression. And so, because we're not paying attention to our souls, and that's where this happens. So we need to do something uh, about the soul, and that's what we've been looking at in this, in this series in its entirety. Now, um, how many of you know we just had a hurricane? Okay. Well, on the Sunday night during the storm two weeks ago, we lost our power. And uh, we got it back last Sunday night. And so Alicia was, we were out on the porch. I think it was cooler outside than inside. So we were out on the porch. Alicia was sitting on kind of a swing and Gabe was just kind of sitting on the floor and I'm leaning against a railing and I can see back in the house and all of a sudden I see a light on that has not been on, you know? So we started whoop, whoop, all excited. And then a few minutes later, it went back off. Ooh. A friend of mine, he's uh, one of our neighbors, also part of, the, part of our church family. He called me and said, did you lose power? And he said, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, well, I just talked to a lineman. There was a, a problem with something. They're fixing it. He said, it should be just a few moments. So I started to come back up just a little bit. And then power came back on, and I've been insecure ever since. So <laughs> can stay on. You know, it's amazing how dependent we are. You know, in power. Would that we would be that dependent upon God. You know? The good thing about God, he's not going to turn off, turn on, turn off. He's always on. He's always on. And whether your power is on or off or up or down, whatever is going on in life, thank God that he is faithful with that. But this morning, my subtitle, if you will, for this message is this, Hills and Valleys. Hills and valleys. And we're going to talk about those ups and downs and those highs and lows. Hills and valleys is also a great song that is out right now. And that's what I'd like to sing for you this morning. I'm not. I'm not. Let me do what I do better. So we must understand when we're talking about highs and lows, we are talking about the soul. And we're talking about our emotions. And our emotions are in the center of the soul. So here you've got spirit, soul, body, and we're trying to pull all of that together so we end up in the right direction of life and eternity. And, and the crucial part there is the soul, the deciding vote as we talked about. And then within the soul, crucial part there are your emotions because in your soul, that's where you think, feel, and decide. And how many of you know that if you're not feeling certain things, you decide in different ways? And you think in different ways. So this is crucial that we kind of look at these hills and valleys and, and really want to talk about emotional stability here this morning. We are by, by design, by God's design, we are emotional. We have emotions. Um, we should control them. They should not control us. Emotions actually help uh, to enhance life. You know, yesterday, following the funeral of, of this young man, a uh, lot of people here, several hundred people here. Afterwards, they just lingered and they cried and hugged and talked to one another. And, and as I watched that, you know, just 
uh, in the middle of it and, and from the side of it, I thought this is so necessary that those emotions come as part of the healing that those emotions come. And then there's other times, you know, surprise, it's your birthday or something goes good for you and emotions come up. They enhance what is going on in life. And we're, we're by design, God designed us to have those emotions. He did not design us to have those emotions control us. And our emotions tend to swing, you know, and, and what we want to avoid are mood swings because that changes you and it changes the direction. It changes your relationships. And so I'm very aware as I stand here today, super aware and informed on this, that some people deal with those issues because of chemical issues. And we've talked about that recently too and encourage you to get the help you need. I'm addressing, attempting to address the broad range of people today and and understand that we can control our emotions better and rather than letting them control us. They change all the time. They lie to us. They are not a sure guide. And if, if your emotions get out of control, they'll make you feel out of control. They will take control of you. And that's why we can and must control our emotions. How many of you have ever been to one of those car washes, usually by a convenience store, and you pull in and, and you put it in park and then the machine kind of goes around you? Anybody? Some of y'all need to get out more. Well, it feels, you're, you're in park, but you're there, and all of a sudden there's all the bubbles and suds, and everything's moving, and it feels like you're moving, right? feels like, some of y'all should try it just for fun. Some of y'all need to, don't get out much. You need to go get a car wash, okay? And it's like, wow, we're not moving, but we are. This is cool. Well, guess what? Your emotions will make you feel that way sometimes. It distorts reality, and you feel something that maybe is, maybe is not true. But we, we can and we must control our emotions, do a better job of emotional stability. Um, in our culture, this doesn't happen much. People do what they want to do. They, they cater to the flesh. They live by emotions. I remember when my kids, and it's okay for kids to a point, but if they don't get their way, didn't get their way, you know what they do? They go boneless. Do you know what I'm talking about? They didn't get their way and suddenly they just, you know, just go boneless. Well, I've watched adults do that in Walmart. And, and no one ever told them, cut it out. Cut it out. Stand up. Be a bi- put your big boy pants on. Come on. Stand up. And as believers especially, folks, as believers especially, do we not have help from heaven? Do we not have the resurrected Jesus, his peace, his strength, his help for life? Then we don't need to be the fit throwers. We don't need to be the people collapsing in life. And I want to share some things with you from God's Word because God's Word has a lot to say about this this morning. And let me also say this as well, that if, if, if you cater to the flesh and live by emotion, you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance of being truly happy, let alone stable. Never will really be, be a blessing, be fruitful or be a blessing to anybody. We have to get this settled and it happens in our soul, your soul, my soul. If, if you're with me, say amen today. Amen. Now, I'm not really a rapper. I'm going to sound like one, but uh, this kind of happened unintentionally. But our goal is the control of our soul. <laughs> Peace out. All right. So that's the goal. The goal, come on, say it with me. The goal is control of our soul. And by that, I'm talking about emotional stability. Now, real quick, Luke chapter 21, Luke chapter 21, Jesus said, by your patience, possess your souls. 
By your patience, possess your souls. Let's break this down just a little bit. This word patience, and there's, there's several New Testament Greek words for patience. This one has to do with a cheerful, hopeful endurance. It is a steadfastness. When you're being patient, if something is bothering you, you could be in the line somewhere. You know, I've watched like, you know, a flight gets delayed or whatever and people are in line. And, you know, if, if they are patient, they remain the same. It's when they lose their patience that they start acting out in different ways, saying things, huffing, you know, in, in numerous ways. You know what it looks like, right? Okay. And so uh, that's when we lose our patience. This patience actually has to do with being constant. Part of the definition is this word, constancy. Constancy. So it is to be constant. Jesus said, by being constant, you possess your what? Your soul. This word possess in the New Testament Greek means to gain control over. One of the reference books that I use for New Testament words comments on it this way. It is to gain the mastery of your soul. You gain the mastery of your soul. What is our goal? To have some control in our soul. The way you do it, there are some things that have to be constant. There are some practices, some habits, some disciplines that need to be constant in our life. And when they're constant in our life, what you do day by day takes you to your future. When you have some things in place in your life that are constant in your life, you're going to have control over your soul and consequently your emotions. You with me so far? All right, so what I want to share with you this morning, just two, two uh, constants that I want to encourage you to have in your life. The first one is this, prayer. Everybody say prayer. Look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Pray without ceasing. Read it with me. Pray without ceasing. Do it from memory. Y'all are incredibly bright. Pray without ceasing. You go, Pastor, that can't be so. Pray without, I can't pray without ceasing. I've got kids. I've got critters. I've got a job. I've got, I've got people. I've got things I've got to do. I cannot pray without ceasing. The Bible certainly doesn't mean that, does it? Yeah, it does. But in the language of the day, the Apostle Paul used this phrase, without ceasing. It would be the same phrase that would describe a persistent cough. Has anybody ever had a persistent cough? And you say, I coughed all day. No, you didn't cough all day. You didn't cough constantly all day. But repeatedly and throughout the day, you coughed. You had a persistent cough. Well, you should have persistent prayer. You should throughout the day, repeatedly and throughout the day, turn to God, give God praise, give God thanks, and ask God to help you. And realize there's nothing too great and there's nothing too small that you can go to God. People at work take smoke breaks. You could take a prayer break. You think I'm kidding. People take potty breaks, take a potty and prayer break, okay? (laughs) But you need to, throughout the day, turn to God and ask him to help you. Now, here's what prayer does, okay? Watch this and think about your soul. When you pray, you connect to God. God hears when we pray. When you pray, here's what happens. You evict, you invite, and you reset. You evict the chaos and clutter that would be in your soul. When you pray... It evicts, it kicks out the chaos and clutter that would be there. Then you invite, when you pray, you invite God's presence, his peace, and his order to come where? Into your soul. And then you reset. 
by praying, you reset your soul. The peace of God comes. It guards your heart, guards your mind. It comes and resets your soul. So again, when you pray, you evict, you invite, you reset. So prayer without ceasing. Pray like a persistent cough. Throughout the day, turn to God and pray. And I'm telling you what, it's going to make a difference in your soul. Second thing today would be your words. Your words. Everybody say words. Your words. Self-talk. Everybody has self-talk. How many of you talk to yourself? You do, you all do, whether you do it out loud or in the mirror or you're dramatic about it or whatever, but we all do, we have self-talk. We have, we have this going on in our heads and in our hearts and sometimes it's out loud. It's good sometimes to grab yourself by the lapels and have a little talk with you because there are things that are going on in your soul that you don't want going on in your soul. And you need to take control over that and say, no, we're not thinking that way. We're not going there. We're not calling them. We're not acting this way. We're not going to have that attitude. You need, you need to talk to yourself in this way. The Bible tells us that David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. I got to thinking about that. Well, I want to do that. I want to do that. So the question would be, well, how do you encourage yourself? Well, the answer to that is also a question. How do you encourage others? Number one way that you encourage or discourage anybody is through words. And so what you need to do is take your words and counter, if need be, what you're thinking and what you're feeling on the inside. Some people just kind of narrate and comment on life. They give this commentary, running narration on the events and circumstances of life. Tell you what, we had a storm, a whole county's a mess, the whole world's going down the toilet, Obama, Trump, and North Korea. And the reason for this is that gas prices are up and it's probably a conspiracy and tomorrow is Monday. <laughs> right? You know what that is? That's a soul-draining noun right there, right there. Don't be that for yourself, you know? And sometimes we catch ourselves being negative with others. You need to catch yourself being negative with you. You can hear you. Don't let you hear that kind of talk. Instead, you need to change it up and counter those kind of things. A lot of those things may be even true, but what does that have to do with my soul? I have to guard my soul. If I'm going to have a good journey in life, it's going to have to go well in my soul. I've got to take care of my soul. I need a better amen Amen. for your soul. Now, watch this. You need to say things like this. It's going to be all right. This will work out. God is with me. God saw this day. Everything always works out for me. God will provide. God has always provided before. I'm never alone. I'm never without help. God sees me. God hears me. God's with me. He's helping me now. He's given me everything I need for life and for godliness. I can do all things Through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My steps are ordered. God is with me. Favor surrounds me like a shield. Did you know I made up all those things? Where are they from? They're from God's word. Those, those are the things that we need to be saying about ourselves, over ourselves, and the faithfulness of God, that he went through a lot of trouble to get that truth to be reality for us. 
We need to be speaking those kind of things in our life. Can, you get a, can I get an amen today? If we live by our emotions, if we just repeat what we're feeling and thinking all the time, you're going to have to override those things because otherwise it's going to be like in a boat that is just rocking back and forth and you're going to get seasick in life. Real quick, let me share some things with you. First Peter chapter 5. It says, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams about around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him, be firm in faith. Withstand him, withstand him. One of the main ways to withstand the enemy of your soul is to have some emotional stability. Can I tell you something about the devil? He's an emotional wreck. He truly is an emotional wreck. We see in, in Revelation chapter 12, he is filled with an insane fury. He knows his end is coming. He's an emotional wreck, and he would love for you to be one as well. And one of the ways you withstand and overcome the enemy of your soul is to work on having emotional stability. Look with me in Psalm 94. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. Watch this, watch this. That you, God, may give him, me, you, Power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity. Look at me. God will give you the power to keep yourself calm in days of adversity. I got to tell these folks. God will give you the power you need to keep yourself calm in the days of adversity. We don't have to freak out. Ah, freak out. And our culture has kind of done that. We feel like it's okay. Well, I can't stifle these things. You had better control them though and load up your soul in a healthy way. And God will help us. He will give you the power to keep yourself calm. And then look at this in John 14. Jesus is talking. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Watch this. Stop allowing yourselves. Who's he talking to? to you. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. And so we feel like we're just letting go. And and of course, there's a time to cry. Of course, there's a time to deal with things, but you don't let your emotions just take over your thoughts, your words, your life, your decisions. It is so crucial that we monitor this. And what did Jesus say? He said, stop it. Stop it. I can remember my mom saying things to me. I remember Alicia's told me that her mom said, you've got the same britches to get glad in. (laughs) My mom would say, you stop your crying or I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) They teach all these things at mom school. (laughs) Jesus said, stop, stop. Don't just give in. Some of you have a decades old habit that you would love to defend that I just let myself go. Don't do it anymore. It is so important for the welfare, for the health of your soul. Now, let me share a story with you real quick, and we'll wrap this up this morning. Back in the Old Testament, in the book of First Kings, the nation of Syria, uh, uh, King Ben-Hadad comes against Israel, and we have King Ahab. And Israel at the time is, uh, the people are kind of up on a hillside. And Assyria comes and invades and has war with Israel, Israel wins. Assyria retreats and they start to think about what just happened. Their leaders decided this. Their God is the God of the hills. 
And that's why they beat us. But if we can get them down in the valley, we will easily defeat them. They start to kind of pick at Israel, start to provoke them and draw them back into war and to draw them down into a valley. Israel comes. But before they go, a prophet came to King Ahab and he said this. He said, the Lord would have you know this, that I am the king. I am the God of the hills and I am the God of the valleys. And he says, I'm about to do something so you will know and so they will know that I am the God of the hills and I am the God of the valleys. He said, you will defeat them because I'm with you. But in the end, they will know and you will know that I'm the, I am the God of the hills and the valleys. So Israel goes out into the valley, into the plains to, to fight this army. The Bible says that by comparison, Israel looked like two herds of goats compared to the enemy army that filled out the entire countryside and valley. They go to war. There is no way. There's no way unless you have on your side the God of the hills and the God of the valleys. And it says on the first day of battle that Israel by hand defeated and killed 100,000 of the Syrians. The Syrians turned tail and fled. 27,000 of them fled for their lives. It says that they hid out and God caused a wall to fall on them. And it killed 27,000 of them. And he said, see, I told you, I told you, I'm the God of the hills. I'm the God of the valleys. So let me say to you, the church this morning. Whether it's high or low, power's on, power's off. Things are going great or things are going bad. People are being nice to you or somebody rejected you, whatever it would be. God is with you. He's the God of the hills. He's the God of the valleys. He's with you all the time. Now, here's what you need to do. You need to take heart in that. And because of that, then be constant in your life. Be constant in prayer. Be constant with your words. And as you do, you'll gain mastery. You'll gain control over your soul. That's what you do. But there's one thing you can't do, and that is to restore your soul. Only God can restore your soul. Real interesting, and I'll quit with this, and then we'll pray. Our word for emotion comes from the Latin, and it means to move away. Emotion. It means to move away. That's what our emotions do. Our, new, our, our Hebrew Old Testament word for restore, he restores our soul. Restore means this to bring back again. So when our emotions move away, when he restores our soul, he brings it back again. He puts it back the way it's supposed to be. And when you and I will do our part and trust God to do his part, hills or valleys, it is well with my soul. Amen. Do you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.